I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, you guys are in for a treat today because my friend Kyle Vaught is in from Tennessee. I've known this guy for 10 years, what we decided. And uh, actually, in a roundabout way, I only know Darby, my wife, because of Kyle. Because Darby met Kyle first, and I knew Kyle. Anyways, long story, but thank you, Kyle, for bringing my wife into my life. Um, when I was in seminary, yeah, let's give a round of applause. Let's give a round of applause for our When I was in seminary, Kyle would come and live on my couch. And I was like, don't you have a home to live in? And he did, but he spent most of his time at my apartment. And um, we would talk about, like, what should church actually look like? He had recently been baptized, and he was trying to lean into Jesus and figure it out. And I was uh, marching through seminary trying to figure out how to stay sane in the midst of that. And um, during that period, we just had lots of conversations, mostly while we played Xbox, but sometimes while I studied. And um, we talked about church and Jesus and God and what your church looked like. And so when I moved up here to Philadelphia, um, I started talking to Kyle and uh, we stayed connected. And he actually watches our service online. Uh, he gives online. He does our social media for our church from a distance in Tennessee. And he's looking for job opportunities here in Philly so he can move up here and be a part, actually here, present, be a part. You're at, a part at a distance right now. And so um, I was like, I'd love to have you up to come and speak again. He spoke a couple times last year. And so, Kyle, why don't you come up and speak for us, and I'll pray for you real fast, and then you can get started. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for my friend, Kyle. Lord, thank you for all that you've done in his life. Lord, the encouragement that he's been to me, the friend that he's been to me. And Lord, I am just so grateful for him and the fact that you put him in my life. Lord, I pray that you will fill him with your spirit this morning, that you will speak through him with power, and Lord, that our lives will be changed from hearing from you. Lord, we ask that you will come and meet us in this place today, that it won't just be a religious gathering, but we'll build relationships with each other, and we'll deepen our relationship. And I pray all these things like I plead Jesus Christ. Thanks, Alex. It's funny because he's not, like, exaggerating at all. I would go to his apartment and I don't think I would go home for like two weeks. Like I would just be there. And everybody always asked me like, you know, oh, you're you're really passionate about, you know, Jesus and you have a lot of knowledge. I'm like, well, that's because of Alex. So he was in seminary and I would, <laughs> I would go and we would just have conversations and conversations and he'd come home from a class and he'd be like, I learned all this stuff and I don't know what to do with it and I have a test tomorrow and I have to write four papers. And so we would discuss this. And I got free seminary out of it basically because we would discuss these things and these classes that I was just really excited about. I just accepted Jesus and really dug into my relationship with him. So I'm really thankful for you as well, Alex. And I'm really thankful for the opportunity to come and speak to you guys. Uh, as he said, I'm Kyle. My last name is Bot. Um, means what in German, but that has really nothing to do with us. Last week, Matt Loveland talked about the shepherds. We're in this series called The Christmas Lights, and I love how Matt kind of took us back and showed us 
where the shepherds were from and why they were why that was so important. I mean, it was humble beginnings that they were able to start off at and really proclaim Jesus, the coming of Jesus. And so I kind of want to do the same thing with uh, the star, which is what I'm talking about this week. We're going to be talking about the three wise men. And I think it's kind of, you know, a funny thing. My friend uh, at work, Beth, she sent me this quote, which should be up here. Yeah, she said, uh, you know, if it was three wise women, they would have asked for directions, arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, cleaned the stable, made a casserole, brought practical gifts, and there would be peace on earth. But uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, at the same time, we, we don't know if there were three we don't know why they brought the gifts. We just know that there were three gifts. So I found this funny cartoon as well that we have the three Heisman and uh, we picked up the golden miracle. What on earth is this? And that's, of course, Frankenstein, not Frankincense. So we're going to be in Matthew 2 today. And I just want to read through uh, the verses just to give you guys context on where we are and how we are. So, Matthew 2, verse 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting with the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, Search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. They went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasure chest gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. What's so unique about this passage is Matthew is the only gospel that mentions these wise men. And we, of course, know the songs, you know, we three kings of Orion are. But what's interesting is the original translation is not kings. It's magi. It's the word magi. And it's a very unique word that's used uh, when talking about a certain region in Persia. So most scholars think that these priests were actually Zoroastrian priests, which Zoroastrianism was a, and still is to this day, a religion that bases a lot of hope and life in their religion, but it's based on a knowledge of astrology and understanding how you can read dreams. And some people don't like, especially 
the Magi part. I remember back years ago when Harry Potter was coming out, uh, there was a lot of uh, pushback from conservative Christian moms like my mom, and uh, she would not let us watch that. No, we're not. We're not doing that. It has sorcery and, and magicians. And we're not doing that. And I'm like, okay. If I'd known this stuff about the Bible then, I would have been like, okay, but Harry Potter was at the Nativity, so I can go see it. <laughs> it makes sense. Of course, I didn't know that then, so it kind of ruined my argument. But what's unique about this area of Persia is there's so much that's involved in their lineage and history that points to this. And so I always ask myself, why the three wise men? Why is it only Matthew? Why, why does it matter? Why did they come? Well, contextually, it's unique. Because these wise men would have had extreme knowledge about the stars. They would have been able to do this. They would have been able to use navigation of the stars to get to there. And if you read in the next few verses in Matthew 2, Herod decides, you know what? I don't want to worship this Messiah. I want to kill him because I'm the king. And I don't want anybody coming after me. So he puts a decree and he says, I'm going to kill all these kids. And so Joseph and Mary travel to Egypt to escape that. And what's unique is Egyptians use frankincense, gold, and myrrh as very valuable objects. So those gifts provided that way of escape for Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. That brings me to my first point, why it's important, is because God is working at all times, and he's going to use unexpected people to provide in your journey. You don't know where you are, you are at the moment. You don't always know if they're going to show up from a faraway land or maybe right in your backyard. But that's what it's so important to be able to keep an eye on what's taking place. Where are you right now? Who are the people in your lives? And who is God telling you to reach out? Now it's really, really unique. Have you ever started something and worked really, really hard and gotten like halfway through? You're not finished. This is God, he's already raising his hand. You're not finished. Maybe it's a... Uh, you know, a home, you know, a weekend warrior type project where you're working on something and it just doesn't look uh, great. But you're midway through, you've done a lot of hard work and someone comes along and they're like, this is, this is nice. You're like, yeah, but you should have seen it before. I mean, it was trash. And of course, it's not done yet, so it's not all beautiful. And I, I see that all the time because at my house, my parents are always doing some sort of project and I'm like, oh, there was a wall there. Now it's not there. So what's unique is we tend to view our stories from the weekend warrior standpoint. We have a vision of what it will look like, and we have a vision from what it was at the beginning. Sometimes we lose track in the middle because that's all we see is a mess. God does a lot of really cool things throughout the gospel. But one of them is Jesus coming to this earth and the way he does it is so unique because we have to go back and we have to look at the beginning. And so we go back to all the way back in the area of Persia in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament where you have Daniel, you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you haven't heard these stories, I would encourage you to go read them. But the quick synopsis is Daniel 
and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are Israelites that are taken as slaves to Babylon in Persia. And King Nebuchadnezzar takes only a select few of smart, young men who are talented, and he basically enslaves them. But instead of making this a terrible situation for their lives, which it, it was not fun, they decided to serve the Lord, and the Lord had different plans. And at that time, it was like the beginning of Zoroastrian uh, belief and, and the beginning of that idea. And so it talks about the wise men, the astrologers in Daniel. And they would have had a knowledge of Daniel what he was capable of doing in telling dreams, in the way that he carried himself. They would have knowledge of all the things that these Israelites brought in to their homeland. And so it's so unique because you wonder where did they come from? Why did these wise men travel so far? You know, what in the world? Why? It's because they had an idea of something from a long ago that God implanted. And they knew that something was amazing from these people in Israel. And Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were able to provide that and implanted. God used them to implant his story, which is really, really unique. He's going to use unexpected people, and he's going to go to any lengths it takes. So you might be in a situation where you feel like you're Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in slavery or working in a job that you absolutely dislike or even hate. You might be in school and you might hate it. All of these things might be taking place in your life. And I understand that stress. I understand it so well. I was 27 years old when I decided to go back to school and I graduated at 30. It was not the most fun experience. But going back to school was what I needed to do and I needed to make those decisions. But there were times when I just felt like the world was burning down around me. I mean, it felt like everything was coming to an end. I wasn't going to be able to make it. I was going to fail. It wasn't going to be pretty. I'd have relationships that would end. And I had to remember where I started and what my vision was at the end. Because it's hard. A lot of times, it's hard to see God working. Because he started working way before we started searching. He started doing things in our lives to orchestrate people in our lives, to orchestrate where we were going to be long before we were ever you know, deciding to pursue him or pursue this idea. So hundreds of years before Jesus, God's implanting his story into a completely different religion so that these wise men could come and give gifts to the Son and Savior of the world so that he could escape and stay alive to do his will, which is insane to me. To talk about the fires that burn, and if you're like me, there are different areas in your life where you just feel like, okay, I can give up now. It's burning down, we're going to start fresh. Everything hurts right now, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I have no more energy, I'm sick, not feeling well, and I, I see this happen in my life a lot. 
and the fire gets hot, and I just don't have the energy. And then sometimes I ask myself, why? Like, shouldn't this be easier? Shouldn't this be better? Because I'm trying to learn to live in love like Jesus. I, I want to follow you, but life is so hard. And I think I ask Jesus sometimes, why? Then I wondered, I wonder how much information the wise men actually had. Because I wonder if in their teachings and learnings, they knew the stories of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were these young men, and King Nebuchadnezzar made this giant idol. This is in chapter 3 of Daniel, if you want to look into it. He made this giant idol, and he said, everybody's going to bow down to this beautiful idol, because I made it, and that basically means that I'm God, and this is an idol. And you have to worship it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we're not going to do that. We serve the Lord Most High. We serve Yahweh. And he said, okay, if you don't do that, then I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace. And they said, yeah, we're still not going to do that. And so he said, all right, heat up the furnace, we're tossing them in. And King Nebuchadnezzar heated it up seven times hotter than normal. And even the guards who were carrying Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went to throw them in. And the flames were so hot that it burnt the guards up. And as soon as he did that, King Nebuchadnezzar said, hold up, didn't we throw three men into the fire? Of course, his officials are like, yes. He said, I see four, and one looks like the Son of God. So he called them out, and they came out, not burned, their hair's not burned, their clothes aren't burned, they don't smell like smoke. He said, clearly, your God is the supreme God. What's unique is there's a lot of fires that burn in our lives. And there are a lot of times that get frustrating and holidays are no different. Sometimes it's not just unicorns and rainbows. You have fights, you have frustrations, you have travel plans, you have confusions. A week ago I was in the emergency room and I didn't even know if I was going to get to come here. You can't plan for certain things that take place. But what's unique is learning to live in love like Jesus doesn't mean that all the fires are going to be extinguished. Doesn't mean that they're going to be put out. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Learning to live in love like Jesus does mean that when you're in the fire, he's with you. And he's right next to you. And it might feel hot at the moment, but Jesus isn't going to let you get singed for no reason. He's not going to let you burn up for no reason because he's doing something in your life for the people who are going to come long after you. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. I mean, they lived just a normal life in their time frame. But God used them to plant seeds into completely different areas of their lives to send these three wise men to protect the Savior of the universe. And I think how many times in my life I am looking at my normal life thinking, man, it's tough right now. When I should be looking at, it's hot, but I'm not on fire. It's really hard, 
but I'm not dead. I'm still moving forward. And I challenge you this Christmas season as I wrap things up. I really challenge you guys to look at the moments that are fires. Don't just look for the moments that are happy, snugly, you know, maybe even sitting next to an actual fire. But look to the moments that are hard. Look to the moments that make you want to pull your hair out. If I had hair, I would. But look to the moments that are difficult. And ask yourself, Jesus is with me. What should I do with this? How is he going to use this? How can I react to this so that other people around me are going to be able to say, I thought there was just you, but now I know there's something more to you. I thought you would react this way, but you didn't. And I want to know why. And you can tell. Because learning to live like Jesus is about learning to love like Jesus. And when you do that, you may be in a fiery furnace, but you're not going to get burned. The band can come back up get set up, and I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wise men. Thank you for the story. Thank you for the obedience and the excitement that they had. That they were filled with joy when they saw the star. Because they knew that this was the God that saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They knew that this was the God that gave Daniel the ability to read dreams. Lord, I'm so thankful for the work that you're doing in our lives today. But I just want to praise you and worship you for the work you've done in our past, in our present, and in the future to come. I'm so thankful for the ability to stand up here and just talk to these amazing people about who you are. And I pray that for the rest of the week we'll be thinking about what you're doing in our lives, what you've already done in our lives, and what you're about to do in our lives. And I pray this all in Jesus' name.